The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. I'm in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 this morning. We're just going to read a few verses here and then we're going to uh, jump over to some other verses. What I want to talk about today is I want to talk about allowing God to deal with our stuff. When I say stuff, I don't mean things. I mean our stuff, which, which, which I call the, the things in our life that are in there, but they're not right. See, that's... That's, that's an ongoing process for a believer, in my view. You know, the Bible says that enemies can come by in our lives, and in, surely in this world, by what you see, by what you hear, by what you think about, right? There's, there's things that can, an enemy can come by and sow tears in your life. Right? And, and those, those things, whatever's planted in your heart will grow. And so I just want to make sure. This is the safeguard I have. This is a pastoral message, I suppose. I want God to deal with my stuff. I, I mean, I don't want God, to, I don't want God to, to let me get out there and let me wander without dealing with me about stuff. If, it's, if there's some not right stuff in my life, and it, it can happen to anybody. I'm not throwing rocks at any... I'm just saying, I think we're all potentially in this. We're in it all the time. No, we're not potentially in it. I'm suggesting we are in it because of this world. And so we've got to constantly learn to allow God to get in our stuff. Now, you know, there's, there's two kinds of people I've noticed just to simplify, through the years of pastoring, is there's people that will, let, that will let God get in their stuff and mess with their hearts and help them. Right. Hey, when God gets in and messes with your stuff, it's not to condemn you. Right. It's never to condemn you. Yeah. Don't run away from God when, you, when, you, when the light comes on. Right. right? When there's light. When the word or when, a, when you get around holy people. You know, don't run away from that. Run to the light. Because the light will show you what's wrong. Okay. And it's always so that, so that you can deal with it and, and be helped and, and improve your life. Amen? How many know, you know what I'm talking about. This your stuff. Anybody got any other than me at times? Look, look at somebody next to you and say, I know you've got some stuff whether you admit it or not. I know you've got some stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, and I want to read this verse here to start out. Then I've got, I've got two other translations that I want to read from. We, we don't have those in our, in our system. I'm going to read out of the uh, Weist Kenneth Wiest translation, um, an expanded translation of the New Testament. 
And then I'm going to read this verse out of one of my favorite translations. It's an older translation by J.B. Phillips. It's a great translation. But first, let's read Hebrews 4.12. And let's see what it says. You know this verse. For the word of God is quick. Isn't it? The word of God is, is, is alive. This, that's, this is why we got to pay attention when the word's preached. This is a living thing. This word's alive. There's life in it. The word of God is alive or quick and it's powerful. I've always, I read this verse when I was a young Christian, 40, almost 50 years ago now. And when I read it, I saw that the word of God is alive, it's powerful. That's why I'm a word guy. I believe, I believe in the word more than I believe in my experience. Because the word of God can change my experience. For the word of God is alive and powerful. And how many know this word? And it's sharper, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even the dividing asunder. It's so sharp. It's so powerful. It's so alive that it can pierce even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And the implication there is that the soul and spirit are so, so, they're almost, it's like if you, most people, if you were able to see them together, you would see them not as separate, you'd see them as one. The soul and the spirit. But the word of God is able, it's so sharp that it can cut in there in that which looks like one thing and the word of God knows how to divide them and cut them and move them aside. Piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and your marrow. That's talking about even the word is like it could, it could cut into your bones and be able to separate marrow out from the, from the joint. And I don't always like this, but it's true. And is a discerner, right? A discerner of thoughts. Anybody that needs to say ouch, just go on right now. It's a discerner of thoughts. Wow, I have a lot of thoughts. Do you? I think a lot of things. Things come into my mind. And honestly, some of them are good, but some of them are against what God said. They, but, the, but just because it comes into your mind doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong as long as you know and you're able to take the word of God and separate out the, you know, that, that thought, that's, that's not a good thought. I'm not going to think that. That's wrong. If, it's like unforgiveness. If you, you think about how angry you are at somebody, you're not going to let that go. You know what? You got to let the word of God 
knows what your thoughts and your intentions are in that matter. He's a discerner of the thoughts and even the intentions of your heart. That's, that's pretty powerful. When you start, when something is able to look at, 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 at a human and even discern their thoughts and why they have that thought and whether or not they want that thought or whether they're just tempted with that thought. Right? And, but you even look further. You look at the intentions of the heart. You, the, the intention, you know, this is getting down where we really live when you get into motives and intentions. Before we do anything, we have intentions and motives of why we're doing it. Right? And the word is able to discern those things. So that's why it's, that's honestly, I've watched people, it's, they, that's, they run away from the house of God when they, if they got, if they got stuff in their life and in their heart that they don't want to let God deal with. Right? They may be get, they, they may have gotten a stronghold in their life. The devil may have gotten a stronghold in their mind. Right? And, and images that aren't right or, are, are set up as strongholds. Well, people, that, that's why I like to come to the house of God when I, all the time so I, can, so I can constantly be discerned. I might get, I might, I come to, a, I've been in a lot of church services since I got saved. And in a lot of them, you know, I come in there, I'm thinking, whew, man, I'm doing good today. Wow, Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord's made blessed assurance as the deer pants for the water. Amen. I'll fly away, oh glory. Hallelujah. And then all the contemporary songs. I, I mean, I'm feeling really good. I feel like dancing and singing and praising. Hallelujah. And then I'll get in the house of God. And, the, and sometimes it comes from worship. When we sing songs that are that are a mirror of the word. Sometimes it comes through preaching. And, uh, and, and sometimes I, 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 don't, I, don't, I thought I would, I thought I felt like dancing. But when God starts coming in and messing with my stuff, I don't feel like dancing. What I feel like right now is I feel like hiding. I feel like I, I, I'm glad that that my, when the Lord shows me something through His Word, and I'm just glad it's not up on the big screen. Huh? Wouldn't it be awful, uh, wild, if, 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 if every thought and, and all your motives, this is the Lord, I'm going to put on the big screen this morning, the mode, every motive and intention of Curtis J. Baker. And all, <laughs> all Curtis's motives, all his intentions. And Curtis is a good brother. Huh? But 
I don't think Curtis would want, I know I wouldn't want that. If you would want that, my, 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 my. The motives, every, now wait a minute, every thought. You know, there's something behind every thought you think. And that's what God wants to deal with, yeah. with when, he, when I'm talking about dealing with our stuff. Yep. Amen. Huh? God will God, God come in and, and, and put light on our stuff. Hmm? Because we're, we're always looking. So everything we see comes in through our eye gate. And that can create thoughts. Right? How many know there's some pretty sisters in the church? You better say amen if you got, I mean, even if you, especially if you got one. There's pretty sisters that come to church. Huh? There are. Look at us. I mean, I must be a good pastor to have all these pretty gals in, in here with us. Yeah. <laughs> That's smart, Toye. Toye's probably in the doghouse already. And he's trying to get out. But, you know, there's, there's pretty sisters in church. But, you know, sometimes the devil, you know the devil, how many know the devil comes to church? Hmm? He, uh, he comes into church. He'll sit down on the front row. And he, and, and these fiery darts that he brings can, these temptations can come in. And just because we're in the church doesn't mean you're not going to get a temptation. I'm going to preach whether you say amen or not. I'm talking about messing with your stuff today, and I think I already am. Hallelujah. You know, just all those things. There's some hands. Okay, let's do the others. Let's get the sisters involved in it. There's some handsome brothers in the house of God. That was a pretty weak, yes, there is. I said, there's some handsome brothers in the house of God. Yes, there is. There's big, strong, muscular guys in the house of God. Amen. And you, you know, you have to watch every thought that you think all the time. Because the word of God, that's the implication here. The word of God is gonna can can cut you and 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 discern yes. and and it won't let you cover it up right. with with yep. your own interpretation of what your motive was or intention was. Mm-hmm. The word of God will will cut that and separate it and put your true motives and intentions on display. Amen. So, here in, in um, Hebrews 4.12, this is the Weist uh, translation. And uh, this is how it says, it says it there. Same verse. For, Hebrews 4.12. For actively alive is the word of God. It's energetic. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. That's why, I'm serious. That's why when I start messing around in the Word, I get energetic. (laughs) Something goes on. Something starts happening to me. Because it's, because the Word's energetic. Because 
It is actively alive and energetic and sharper than any two-edged sword going through to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. And here's why I wanted to read this. And is a sifter and an analyzer of the reflections and conceptions of the heart. It's, it sifts. You know, when you sift something, you separate, it looks like one thing until you pour it in a sifter and then some things go through it and some things stay in the sifter, right? The word is a sifter and an analyzer of the reflections and the conceptions of your heart. Now, there are, there are thoughts and stuff that gets in our hearts that I don't want sifted out. I don't want them to be known. I don't want to analyze them. And I don't want to know the conception of them. But God wants us to do that. And that's what the Word of God is for. And then it goes on to say, into that same verse... And there is not a thing created which is hidden from his sight. That's a, you know, don't be deceived in our life. We're not getting away with anything. God knows it all. I said God knows everything. He knows all about us. He knows your ups, your downs. He knows, he knows why you're doing stuff. He knows when you're a hypocrite. He knows when you're lying. He knows when you're cheating. He knows when you're you know, not doing right, when you're thinking wrong thoughts. He, know, he was there. Huh? He knows everything that we're doing. Nothing, nothing is hidden from his sight. I think the church needs to hear that a little more in this generation. Nothing's hidden from his sight, Pastor Crabb. Huh? But all things are naked and laid bare to his eyes to whom we must give an account. Now, Hebrews 4.12 in the J.B. Phillips translation. Let's see here. It's kind of the same thing, but it, it says it in a different way. For the word of God speaks and is alive and active. It cuts keenly more than any two-edged sword. It strikes through to the place where soul and spirit meet. To the inter- now here's a good one. To the innermost intimacies of a man's being. It examines the very thoughts and motives of a man's heart. Isn't that good? It get, the word of God knows how to get down into the intimacies of your heart. You know that when you're intimate. You, you go to the deepest level, like with another person, right? There's, you're, you're intimate with the one that you're married to. And you, you the, the, it goes down into the intimacies. Where, you know, the, in intimacy, nobody else sees that. Right? We do that privately. Right? Well, that's the way it is with God. God... God wants to get down in there in the intimacies of your heart where there's intimate interaction 
and conceptions and thoughts and analyzing going on. God wants to dig in there and mess with our stuff. And he wants us to, to be able to, to receive that and learn that. So, you know, you're not going to be okay unless you let God down. Some people, they, they come to church and this is just a religious experience. And whatever's in the room, they there's a feel better about. I've, I come today, I had, there was worship, there was Bible teaching, etc. And they, there's some feel good about that. But I want to go deeper than that. And that's what God does. And that's what he wants to do. He wants his word to go down in our heart. He wants his word to cut, to discern, to divide, to get down in there where things, the, the deepest intimacy of your heart, your, like your relationship with yourself, the intimate relationship you have with yourself, that, that you may be married, but your, your spouse doesn't totally know that. She thinks she knows everything about you, but she doesn't. And most of the time, that's good. <laughs> but, you know, but this Bible, it wants to deal with the intimacies of your heart. That intimate relationship you have with yourself. And, and why you're thinking it. And, and, he, and he wants you to, 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 to allow the word to cut in there and to deal with you. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. I'm not sure you like those two translations very well. Let's, let's go on to another verse here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's look in the uh, book of Matthew, chapter 15. Matthew 15. I'm talking about letting God mess with our stuff. Matthew 15. Hmm. And uh, just for time's sake, I could read this whole, whole chapter here. Uh, but let's go down to verse uh, 10. Matthew 15, 10. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goes into the mouth defiles a man, but that which comes out of the mouth, right? Yep. This defiles a man. Then came his disciples unto him and said, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying, etc. Now, let's jump down to uh, verse 15. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. Tell us what this parable means. This teaching means. About that which comes out of a man, right? He's, Jesus said at verse 16, Are you without understanding? Don't you understand that whatever enters in at the mouth and goes into the belly. So in other words, what you eat... And it is cast out into the drought. In other words, it goes through you without going into detail on that. Right? You, it goes in you and then it comes out of you and goes through you. 
Now listen to this. This is, this, gets, this, this is why I'm talking about messing with your stuff. The Lord doing it. But those things which proceed out of your mouth, they come forth from your heart. Yeah, but I said them with my mouth. Yeah, but the source of them was your heart. They come forth from your heart, and they are the things that defile the man. So, you know what defiles the man is what Jesus was teaching there, in my view, wasn't just what you say when you say the wrong thing, you say bad stuff. It's not just the words that you say that defile you. It's what's in your source. It's where they came from. It's why they're there. It's, they come out of where? Where do they come from? They come out of the heart. And they defile the man. Now this is a convicting verse. So you can either close your eyes or stick your fingers in your ears here if you don't have, if you don't want to be, be responsible to do this one. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. Somebody said, I just, had a, I just had, a, had a thought. Well, yeah, but that thought came out of your heart. Evil thoughts come out of your heart. Hmm. Murders, where do they come from? They come out of your heart. In other words, taking a life, they come out of your heart. Uh-oh. Adulteries, where do they come from? Hmm? They don't come from another woman or another man. They came from your heart. If two people are committing adultery, then there's, there's two heart issues there. They both had issues in their heart. Wasn't, uh, listen to me. It wasn't just, oh man, I was just tempted. That's such a, she's such a pretty girl and she didn't, you know, she was dressed sensuously. And I was tempted. Well, wait a minute, man. If you had the right heart, it wouldn't matter if she walked in naked and didn't have anything on. You wouldn't wouldn't be moved by that. Huh? For out of your heart proceeds thoughts, evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications. Right? That's That's why people that are unmarried, right, are intimate and they shouldn't be. Comes out, where does it come from? It comes out of your heart. Thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands defiles not a man. Why did Jesus say that? He, he said it because you guys, it's easy for you to look at dirty hands and see that they need to be cleaned. And you think a real religious, spiritual, in-depth exercise is washing your unclean hands that are obviously unclean. Jesus said, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the stuff that's on the surface, that's on the outside. No, I want to talk about what's on the inside. I want to talk about what's unseen, where these evil thoughts come from, 
where these adulteries and fornications and carnal, fleshy things come from. You know, that, there's nothing in me that believes that's an all-inclusive list of things that come out of our heart that aren't okay. It's just, a, it's just giving you a 30,000-foot view of the situation. Everything that's not right, right, it comes out of your heart. And that's the stuff that God wants to deal with. Now, let me show you, before we close today, let me show you an example of what I'm talking about in the book of 1 Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel, sorry, 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel 12. Say out loud, say, Lord, keep messing with my stuff. Mm-hmm. You want him to, man. You want him to. Now this is, this is the story of, of David. After David had done evil as the king. David was, went up to the rooftop, you know the story. And he was, he was, he was up there. His, his men were at war. He was up on the rooftop, and he looked over at the other rooftop next door, and there was a beautiful woman. Uh, she was without clothing, and she was beautiful, and he was tempted by that. And, it, and out of David's heart, something happened. Yeah. It wasn't just a fleshy, carnal temptation. Something was wrong with David's heart. There was a place that David had allowed in his heart. You know, I, I've been saying this word a lot lately in, in my sharing or counseling with people. You know, this is not the time to have fractures in your heart. Because under this pressure that the world's under right now, if you've got a fracture in your heart, it'll come out. You know, and I, 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 well, I'll say his name because I'm just using him as an example. May God help this, this brother. He was a pastor. You know, he's a pastor of, of the Hillsong in New York. Was a thriving international work. Thousands and thousands of people were touched in the services and he, I mean, he has just an incredible following, young brother. And, uh, but it came out that he, he had been, he had been in multiple affairs with people that were in the congregation, that that, that, that filth had, had crept into the staff, that the staff was involved sexually with a lot of people in the congregation. And, and you know, it was a tragedy because he had to be removed from his ministry. He had to be taken down from his ministry, man. His, his, thank God he had leadership. Thank God he had some authority over his life that would speak into his life and would... And, and save the people, right, from the, from the situation. But my point is, you know, I, I'm, I think 
When I look at that, I get scared. And I think, how did a guy that's a... There's no way that, that Carl Lentz started out a bad guy. He started out a good guy. He was raised in the house of God. He tells the story of his mother and dad and what they were to him and what models of Christ that they exemplified before him. And I'm, you know, there's a lot of easier ways to make a living, man, than being a pastor. And so he didn't get in it because it's easy. He got in it to help people. I, I know he did. I, I, I like some stuff I've heard him say and teach. He's, he, he's got some good stuff. His methods are different, but, you know, whatever. But, but, but something was going on with him. And undoubtedly, God was trying to reach him. Undoubtedly, the Holy Spirit had, had poked him about it. Don't you, you know what I mean by that? When the Holy Spirit says, no, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I'm poking you about that. Situations, things he might hear another preacher preach or something. Undoubtedly, there were things that poked him. Right? But, but well, how did it... it I mean, it, it wasn't like a one-time situation. I had been going on for multiple years with no, multiple people, and in, it was all through the church by this time. And my point is, with, with him, how did he get there? How can, wait, he's the pastor. He's the preacher. How did he get there? Well, you know, you know how many of these stories I've seen in my lifetime? I've seen, I've, my life, if you just go through the history, I got saved in 1973, since 1973 forward till now, my life is littered. I can just go through and I can tell you people that I've heard that have this kind of thing has happened to. Maybe not exactly, but similarly. Huh? How's that happen? I've seen people... There was, a, there was a lady some years ago. Her name was Lucy Riel. And, and she, was, she was having these big charismatic Holy Spirit meetings. And she would, and, and, and she'd have people close their eyes and raise their hands. And then all of a sudden, there would be a few feathers that would, would, would fly in the air up. Up, up around her and these feathers would, would, would be floating in the air and they'd fall to the ground and she would say, look, look at this. The heavenly dove showed up. The Holy Spirit. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Well, somebody, one pastor he had some distrust about, about what she was doing. And he, he had a, a videographer go to that meeting and zoom in and film exactly what she was doing. And what she was doing is she would tell everybody to close their eyes and raise their hands. And everybody would do that. And it was obvious, because they did it in slow motion, that those feathers were were in her hand. They wasn't a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I'm into manifestations, man. But I'm not into made-up manifestations. God forbid. And I'm like, 
Wait, 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 wait. That's, that same lady was preached years ago at the little, after, way after I was gone at the little church in Woodsfield, Ohio. And, and there were appearance, all of a sudden, there were these appearances of oil would, would be coming out of her hand. And, you know, and, and it was supposed to be this heavenly liquid and all this kind of stuff. It's nonsense. And you got to watch manifestations. You got to watch people that emphasize manifestations instead of emphasizing what God said. And my, my point with her, Lucy Ryan, was how'd she get there? I don't think she started out a charlatan. How'd she get there? I'll tell you how she got there. She got there because there was a fracture in her heart and she didn't let God deal with her stuff. I want to tell you this, and I, this is not because this is the, but I want to tell you right now, you better go to the right church these days. You better be willing to get around. I don't care if you come all the time. Maybe you don't come all the time here. Maybe, maybe this isn't, we don't talk about the fun stuff and all these experiences enough. And we'll, and I'll do stuff like this because this isn't wave a hanky, let's have a shout and Praise God and people laying on the floor and rolling in the floor and running around the building. No, we're not having that today. We're messing with your stuff today. Yeah, that's what I mean. And seriously. And and so what, what I'm saying is how'd you how'd she get there? She got there because she didn't have enough of this right here, what yes. I'm what I'm talking about. Yes. Somebody wasn't she she they 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 the, the, she got out of the presence of the Lord where he not only could make you feel, oh, huh? No, 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 no. Well, I'll tell you what we need. we need. We need the Holy Spirit to come in, mess with everybody's stuff. We need some, instead of laughter, we need some crying in the house of God. We need the altars full again. We need people to be sensitized to the Holy Spirit and feel His presence and say, oh God, I'm... I've, 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 I've failed you. I, I see I'm convicted right now. Huh? When I, when I first got saved, I, I wanted to, there was just a heart that I had that I wanted to be right. I wanted to make sure there wasn't an ounce of anything against, between me and God. And I would go to altar calls. I, I went, I'm telling you, man, I believe I... They probably thought maybe I'm the, and I had to think through this because I went to the altar all the time. Every church service, if they gave a call for something, man, I'm going to the altar because I want God messing with my stuff. You know why? I think you get like that when you were a pretty messed up guy like I was and you want God messing with your stuff all the time because you've got a lot to fix in your life. And through the time, I have watched all these people that wouldn't let God mess with their stuff. And these great preachers that could preach me, I mean, are you kidding me? They're so much better than I am. They're eloquent, they're sharp, they're charismatic, they're, they have a capacity to draw crowds and, and, and make people enjoy and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're very charismatic and all that stuff. And they end up they they're on the they end up on the trash heap. 
Why? Well, because they don't, somehow or another, they haven't let God get down into the intimacies of their heart in their relationship with themselves. And they have justified their behavior and them, their, their self. You know, God's not going to, he, he doesn't just throw you off the bus as soon as you make one mistake, man. God's merciful. Yes, he is. And that's what, what's amazing is these folks have against the Holy Spirit dealing with them, dealing with them, dealing with them. I, Sarah and I have been doing this a long time. We've watched how God does it. God will always, he'll try to get it to you the right way. He'll try to throw the word on the situation. And that's why we're, Jesus said, we're clean through the word that I've spoken to you. It cleans you up. Hmm? Right? Go to, you know, you hear this kind of stuff. It's, this isn't, this isn't a place to be messing around. So, but God's first choice is to, is to, to, to through the word. And then, then what he wants you to do is you take it. You receive it. And you go to work and you take that word that you heard and work on the deep, intimate places in your heart. Let that word shine down in there. Sometimes you need to go in the closet and shut the door and, and just go in there and let the light of the word get all down in you. And really ask yourself, what is my motive in doing this? And judge it against the word of God, see? Isn't that right? And, and you know, and, and, and then, but if I won't listen to the word, and then I won't do that myself, then there's usually stuff will start happening around you, and you'll, you'll know that's God dealing with you. He's poking me again through a circumstance. And then, if you won't do it, the final one is that somebody else has got to do it. Huh? That somebody else has got to, de- got to get mess with your stuff. And the reason they got to mess with it is because you haven't been willing to do it. I heard this one time in my heart years ago before I got up to preach up on the hill that the Lord spoke to me. He said these words, hell is filled with unteachable spirits. People that won't listen. People that, people that won't listen to warnings. A warning. Now, see, I mean, just, I, I'm telling you the truth. Just studying this was a warning to me. Don't do that. I went through all kinds. I mean, this is why I can, the only reason I can preach it today is because I've, I've been through this process myself with God putting that light on me. And I had to deal with myself. There was stuff I had to deal with about myself. And I got to be okay. Now, just let me just read real quick. This is first, uh, uh, Second Samuel 12 is when, you know, when David got caught, okay, here's how he got caught, real quick. Um, 
Let's see. Let's look at uh, verse 13. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. You will not die. Mm. How be it? Because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child that is born unto thee shall surely die. How many know we, we don't talk much about the consequences for sin anymore in the house of God? I want to tell you today there's consequences to, to our behavior and and to our situation, amen. So that's the that's where that that thing went. But let's. I want to. Let me now. Let's read chapter twelve, verse one. Let's go find out how David got there. I'm talking about messing with your stuff, and I'm almost done. I promise. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. Who sent him? The Lord. The Lord did. Why did Nathan? Why did the Lord send Nathan? Because Nathan was a prophet of God. He's a man of God that had the word of God in his mouth and in his heart. And the Lord loved Israel and loved David enough that the Lord sent David Nathan. Why? Because of what I just said. Because God had undoubtedly dealt with David after he looked next door, saw her, and after he... He began to think thoughts, but he didn't let God deal with his stuff, and he went to the next step. And then you know the story. He, 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 he knew he, he was going to call for her, but he knew she was married, and her husband was on the front lines in war, Uriah. And he's, he, he's, then he, next thing you know, he's not just looking next door getting tempted by a pretty girl. Now he's scheming and plotting how he can have that girl and the only way he can have that girl is David came up with murder and had sent Uriah to the front line, all this, this kind of stuff. You know, it was a real plot and a scheme. And he, Nathan came to David, verse 1, and he said unto him, There were two men in the city. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. But the poor man had nothing except one little female lamb, which he had, had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom. Listen to this now. And was as unto him... As a daughter, that little lamb, that poor man had. And there came a traveler to the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come to him. But instead, he took the poor man's lamb. Now you could feel how much that poor man loved that little lamb. He took that, that little, little female lamb from the time she was young and innocent, nourished it, cared for it, let it eat 
at their table, was laid in his lap like a child, and so much so that it was like a daughter unto him. And he dressed it for the man that was come to him. And verse 5, And David's anger was kindled against that man. He's, Nathan's just telling David a story. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. Now who said that? David said that. David came up with that. That was David's deal. He, he was reacting to the story. I, t- I told you, you don't let, if you don't let God deal with your stuff, I'm going to tell you somebody else is going to have to deal with it. And I don't want a Nathan having to come into my life right, and expose me. And he, this is what David continued to say, verse 6. And he will restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, this, these words right here, I, I think of these words all the time, man. Nathan looked at David and he had to say these words, you are the man. The one that you said you, you, wanted, to, you wanted to kill him, the one that said he's got to restore because it was, it was so unrighteous what he did to take that poor man's little lamb, you are the man in this story that has done just that. Hmm. He said, you are the man. Thus saith the Lord of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. And I delivered you out of the hand of Saul, and I gave, thy, gave you your master's house, your master's wives into your bosom. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. And you have taken his wife to be your wife. And you have slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now... You know, remember that David didn't physically kill Uriah. But the motive and intention of his heart was to plot for Uriah's death. And to God, it's the same thing. So because you plotted it, right? The guy that schemed it, then you're part of the, you're, it's, it's as though you did it. He said, now look at the consequences of this. Now therefore the sword will never depart from your house. That's a sad saying. Because you have despised me and taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, I will raise up evil against thee out of your own house. And that happened to David, didn't it? And I will take thy wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he will, and, and he will lie with the, thy wives in the sight of this son. 
for you have done it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. What's your point today, Pastor? Well, that's a long way around to say, again, what I said in the beginning. We've got to let God deal with our stuff. I want to invite the Holy Spirit right now through the Word of God. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're not throwing rocks at anybody from this pastor all the way out through the flock of God. We've all sinned. We've all failed. And we've all got stuff. We've all piled stuff in our hearts that's not right. And thank God, though, that God loved David enough that He sent a man of God to preach the Word to him. And he told him, you are the man. And you got to deal with this. David was, you can see that David was, when he was confronted by Nathan, he, he, he was smitten in his heart. And he said, God, what I, you know, this is as much as what he said. God, what I haven't dealt with and allowed the word to deal with me personally about now you have had to expose me like this. I am humiliated and I'm in shame, but I'm broken and I'm open before you. And David did the right thing. And he, he, he went to the Lord and said, I have sinned against you. That's the answer to this thing, is to let God deal with the intimate places of your heart so that you can be clean. And we're not, no, none of us are getting away with anything. God already knows it all. Let's all stand up right now. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y.com.
We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.